Hey, Daryl. Hello, Nick. Welcome to the No One Likes the Tuna Podcast Holiday Spectacular presented by Allstate. <laughs> it's our last episode of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some big time shit to talk about, but of course we did watch a movie. As always, we watched a movie. We ended our cycle 22 on Too Fast, Too Furious, um, the 2003 film by John Singleton. Uh, and I want to sort of chug through anything we want to talk about the movie first. We okay. kind of spend – you long-time listeners of this pod will know from time to time we get off track. Right? Mm-hmm. I say that's fair. Yeah. And um, I don't want to get off track on the outside. We got a lot to get through in this episode. We got some movie reviews. We got some year-end lists. We got all we got shadows. We got all kinds of other crap. Too fast, too furious. Did you like it? Did you have a good watch? What's up? Yes, I did. I will say this is the end of our cycle 22. Yeah. Um, bad I feel. I think I know why you put this at the end. It's because it is my favorite movie and there's no other place to put it except at the lowest or at the end because yeah. it's my favorite. So Any other time it would have given you too much of a jolt. Exactly. Too much of a jolt. You know, to kept you going through the cycle. And now, you know, we've just, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So our bad feel cycle, if you want to watch these movies in terrible sequence, goes eight, eight, nine, nine, three, Hobbs and Shaw, seven, one, two, and you skip four and five. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, that sounds right. right. Um, so I like this one. I only have one thing to say about this movie is mm-hmm. that I think... Most of the time, and this is how I felt about it for a very long time, the final, you know, I mean, the string of of sequences that result in the final capture of Carter Verone. Yeah. It was very confusing the first, let's call it, 15 times I watched it. It's hard to keep track of. (laughs) It it, it is. (laughs) What are, it is, it is like... What's everybody's goal here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say one of the main um, benefits of having watched this movie so many times is that I can really appreciate this scene now because I know exactly what's going to happen. And to this movie's um, defense, they do try to put in a lot of cues to help you keep track of what's going on. So I'm talking about beginning at the... At Carter Verone's safe house, all the way until the end. And um, it's pretty good. I mean, once you actually know what's happening, it's they give you. They just gave people, you know, how in like, in when you go to an, I don't know if you've ever been to the opera. I have. Have No? Yes. Yeah, you have. Okay. So. At the opera, they give you a playbill. And in the playbill, there is a description of what happens throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Of like, at one, two, and three, here it is. Uh, here's what's going to happen. Now, I generally, like, they give you subtitles, but I don't really give a shit about the subtitles at, when I'm at the opera. I just read ahead 
in terms of like what's going to happen in the act I'm about to see. And then just like mm-hmm. watch it happen. And it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a good vibes, you know? Um, my thing is that would be good for – if they had sent everybody a pamphlet for mm-hmm. this movie that just sort of laid out who was doing what and who wanted to do what. In uh-huh. the thing, you can read that ahead of time. And then you can kind of settle in and like watch it and have a good time. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 So in this one, I think like for the untrained eye and and most people who haven't watched the movie as many times as we have, it's really when you have the helicopters in the air mm-hmm. that it becomes the most confusing. Like why are there two helicopters? But they try to give you cues. Yeah. I mean, Bilkins is there. He's working with Gallo's Pizza. He's like, all right. We're going to send the chopper, give it some space, right? We're going to be looking at the stash house, but make sure you're high enough not to bring uh, too much um, attention to the zone. But as that unfolds and the local PD comes in, Bilkins is there giving instructions. Like, all right, now that this is, now that local PD is involved, sucks, but let's get in close so we can see who's doing what around there. Yeah, and there's like, Three layers of cops happening all at once. That's like the hardest part, right? It's like yeah. there's just so many layers to the cop thing. You're like, there's Bilkins, there's Customs, there's like, there's the, you know, Miami Police Department, there's mm-hmm. what, there's all the cro- crooked cops who are working for Verone. So, yeah, that's and hard a, to keep track of. And then there's like, at a certain point, if I like don't think about it, I'm like, why the fuck are they busting into this wall again? Like, I, I can't, like, what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, even, like, after watching this thing 22 times, I'm like, wait, why are they in this wall? Again? Like, why is this, like, trailer fucking important at all? Mm-hmm. There, 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 I feel like there could be some smoothing out of the plotting that happens in the second half of this movie. I agree with that. Yeah. And they're trying to capture, like, it seems like everybody's stakes are changing at the same time in that. But I think maybe, and I thought about that too, like, how do they smooth this out a little bit? I think they need more Barone in that sequence. Yes. Yeah. Like, like figuring out what's going on, like giving instructions to um, his two goons to, like, make it more clear, like, how things are unfolding. The, the Verone, yes, yeah, it's that's completely true. Because um, he kind of disappears for like forty minutes, mm-hmm. right? At yeah. the end there, and we don't see him till we see the boat, basically, right? And like he's with Ava Mendez, which I think is kind of purposeful because you sort of let go of the Verone Ava Mendez question mark piece for a while i think you're supposed to sort of let go of it and then once the airstrip thing hits and you're like oh shit it carter's pulled a fast one on all of us and we like weren't we were looking the other way while Mm -hmm. that was happening i don't think that's super successful in this movie Mm -hmm. even if that's what they're sort of trying to do it would be better i think you're right if verone was just like more of a devil and like was in you know in the mix of things mm-hmm. it was there. And we were constantly reminded what a horrible man he was. So, yeah, yeah that was pretty good. Um, and there's also, like, a little too much, like... I know... There, there's a weird amount of, like, pairs of people 
In this mm-hmm. movie, there's Brian and Tyrese, right? Brian and Roman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enrique and Roberto. Mm-hmm. You've got our man, John, what's his name? Santa Tiempo. John Santa Tiempo and his buddy, uh, who's played by Eric Bobby, Bobby He plays Darden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's Darden and John Santa Tiempo, which is like a great. Two fucking names. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So Darden and John sent to Then there's like the crooked cop and that lady in the trailer. And then I guess yeah. there's kind of like Ava Mendez and, and Carter. There's just like a lot of pairing off and almost like too much. It would be better if it was like Brian and Rome were the central pair. And then there were sort of disparate figures everywhere else that they had to sort of come up against. I, you know, and maybe those figures can team up at certain points, but then they're backstabbing each other, but then they're getting on over, but then they're, you know, working together. I just feel like there's this weird segmentation that happens when all these guys are paired up that you sort of get lost in like, okay, so like, especially the Enrique Roberto and uh, the Darden and John Santiago. Right. You know, one's in the racing world, one's in the criminal world, but they're sort of like, they're both foes. They're both these sort of B-level foe, pairs of B-level foes they have to get past. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I guess, I you know, it doesn't lose me, but it's also like, it, there, again, there could be a little like combining and smoothing and making things a little more streamlined and direct. Mm-hmm. I think directness right. would help this movie. Yeah. Mm. Tejinsuki, we got another one floating around as yeah. well. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I don't have a lot of, uh, on this movie. I think I actually did think Darden, Eric uh, Etberti, Et- Etibari, uh is kind of good. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of like he's like got real presence. I think you know Johnson Ziempo. We always. I have a fondness for it, but um, Eric Adabari is, uh, he's super tall. He's got great mm-hmm. screen presence. He's really got a good look about him. You know, they really did a good job with like making him a character. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's the thing. He's a character actor. He's given this character and he brings it. I think he brings it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of vibing on him and I sort of wish he, it would be better if him and John Santiempo were Enrique and Roberto and were the guys they had to like ejecto cedo at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, like they beat them in the race and then like, you know, they're then they're pissed at them because they lost their cars. Then they, and they fight. can't tell and they yeah. can't tell Carter Barone that they lost their cars yes. too. Yeah, exactly. that would be way better. Exactly. So they got to like keep that quiet and they try to get one over on them by sticking over with the houseboat, but then, you know, there's like lots they could do there. And mm-hmm. then they finally think they got them by like trapping them and making them go to Tarpon Point exit. But then they like get ejecto cedoed. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, the oh. final nail in the coffin for, you know, John Sanantiempo and uh, Eric Edabare. So mm-hmm. that, that would be, be a major improvement. Yeah, I think that would be good. I think that would be good. Right. 
anything else you got about this movie you want to talk about? I'm kind of that's it. That's right. it. One and one. Cycle? I think that's yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, then I failed. We're gonna have to do it somehow worse <laughs> if it was a good cycle. Uh-huh. Um. All right, Daryl. We both brought lists. I think we should get to them. We have some year-end lists. Do you want to do mm-hmm. your five and I'll do my ten, or do you want me to do my ten and your five? What's your, um, what's your preference? I'll drop. I'll drop my five. Okay. So I did. I wasn't all right. So I did two half lists because I don't watch that many movies. So mm-hmm. here's what I did. Okay. I have the top five movies that I enjoyed. Yep. And I have five movies that came out this year that I wish I watched, but I actually didn't. Like it. I like yeah. it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Okay. Um, let's go with what I actually liked. All right. So yeah. number five. So I have to say, I didn't watch. I looked at all the movies, like major releases from 2021. You weren't I didn't watch very many of them. That's fine. So I have a very short list. Number yeah. five. Fast nine. I mean, I mean, good, good, good. It has to be on my no, list. No, of like, course, of course, yeah. of course. It has to be on my list. It is of the movies on my top five. It's the one that I've actually had to commit the most time and energy to of watching, and it's yeah, it's taken up a lot of my um, sort of like emotional and like happiness capacity this year. So. It's on number five. I would say Fast Nine got a honorable mention mm-hmm. on my list, but did not crack my top ten. Okay, which I okay. think is fair. Yeah. So I'll move up. Um, my number four, I think, is Free Guy because I watched that recently, <laughs> and I watched that only because we've been talking so much shit about Ryan Reynolds this whole time. And if you I think about. It. But I actually really enjoyed that movie. And if they make another one, I'll probably watch it. Because. Well, I, yeah. I just, I can't, I'll tell you off mic. But I got something to tell you. I got something to tell you. I'll, okay. I'll tell you off mic. Great. Great. Okay. So that's my number four, um, which is surprising, but it's there. Uh, my number three wa- came out, it must have been earlier on, and I talked about it on the podcast before, but I really enjoyed watching Coming to America. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yeah, it was good then. And I when I saw it on the list of like stuff that came out, I was like, yeah, I really enjoy that movie, and I would t- I would recommend that to others. Cool. I did not catch it for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I went to coming to America number two. I also talked about before Dune. Yeah, Dune was cool. Solid. Dune's my number two. Yeah. Ready for my number one? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast, but when I thought about the movie, this is Daryl's number one movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red Notice. No, I'm just kidding. it was a Red Notice. <laughs> I think my favorite movie of 2021 was Cruella. Oh, almost made my list. Almost, yeah. almost made my list. Almost made my list for yeah. sure. Good yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Great fun. movie and like great costumes. Totally. Very fun. So totally. that was my favorite movie. Great. 2021. I love it. I yeah. love the list. Incredibly solid list. I think Cruella was great. Uh, yeah, really struggled and thought about putting it on my list for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
All right. Do you want to hear my top five that I wish I watched, or do you want to do your ten and then my uh, five to see if there's anything on my five that's on your ten? No, let's do your five. Let's do your okay. wish you watched five. All right. Five I wished I watched. Um, I want to see Power of the Dog. You spoke about it. Mm-hmm. Looks interesting. I want to watch it. Um, I want to watch Sandra Bullock's new video, Unforgivable, or a new movie. Yeah, she's got another. She's done a bunch of these like Netflix things, like Bird Box, and like the, mm-hmm. is the Bird Box the blind one or the hearing one? I can't remember. But that's the blind yeah, one. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, it seems interesting. I want to watch that it one. Is, I think right? I yeah. saw her. Yeah, I saw her on Jesus and Miro uh, a couple weeks ago, and she did a really fun interview. Apparently, she's cool with them. I like those. And guys. she was promoting this movie, so I want to watch it. Um, number three is something that I thought I was going to have an opportunity to watch, but it's Eddie Wong's movie, Boogie. I don't know anything about it, but I like Eddie Wong. Um, but I didn't watch that movie. So I, I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cool. Boogie. And then number two, I want to watch, um, it must have come out recently, this Card Counter movie. Mm-hmm. Scorsese, Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, Paul Schrader, not Scorsese, but yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Cool. So I want to watch that. Um, I was I gave that shout out to that Spades card game the other day. I've been thinking about cards a lot. So I've been thinking about Spades also. By the way, yeah. we should talk off market about Spades. <laughs> okay, good. And then um, the final movie that came out this year that I want to watch is French French Dispatch. Okay. I did it's available. See it. yep. Yeah, it's available to watch online, but I'm I haven't bid the bullet and paid twenty bucks yet. So I'm waiting for that to go down a little bit more, yeah. or just be free. Well, yeah. Spoiler alert: did not crack my top ten. The French. Okay. Dispatch. All right. But I will go through my ten. All right, hit me. So I want to put a disclaimer. There's, I mean, this is just movies I've seen, and I try to watch as much as I can, but I just don't end up seeing everything. So particularly um, two movies that I haven't watched yet that came out very recently uh, are one is called Drive My Car um, that got a lot of array of reviews and I, I haven't really um, had the time or ability to go see it. And one is called Hand of God, which is um, Paolo Sorrentino's new movie. It's on Netflix and I, I just haven't had the time to sit down and watch it. So those two, I'm very interested. Those are that's my list of two. I wish I had watched, but I mm-hmm. haven't seen. All right, so my list is a little basic, but I, I you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm ha- I'm just gonna go. I'm happy with my list. I've got some real Nick picks on it, <laughs> um, including the first one, which mm-hmm. people may uh, write uh, write in about. My number ten movie of the year is Eternals. Starring mm. Chloe Zhao, it's uh, sorry, directed by Chloe Zhao and starring Gemma Chan and Richard Madden. Um, sort of felt like I owed a Marvel slot here. Um, I saw Spider Man, which we can talk about, mm-hmm. which I liked a lot, and maybe I, even more than Eternals. Like maybe like I had a better time watching Spider Man than I did Eternals. But there's stuff. Just bear with me because like Eternals, there's just something. I was like, I'm down for this new, just like, thank God somebody's doing some new bullshit with this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like, yeah, throw it at me. Ancient fucking, like, god aliens, like, fucking, you know, 
weird tentacle creature shit. I'm down. Like, whatever you want to do. Like, laser power, sun power. Great. Let's do that, you know? Throw a bunch of shit at the wall. Chloe Zhao is a good director. She took a probably difficultly incoherent story and really crafted a good, very well, kind of tight narrative out of it that made sense the whole way through to me. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. I put them in the slot. I feel good about it. Mm -hmm. Number nine is a movie called Bad Trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an Eric Andre prank movie that was on Netflix earlier this year. Um, I think I watched that. Yeah, I think I it's got remember. Tiffany Haddish in it. Uh, Little Ray Howardy is in it. Uh huh. Basically, Eric Andre plays a version of himself that like um, is in love with Michaela Conlon's character and like has to go on a road trip to try to like meet her in New York. Um, and it's a mix of narrative and like they pull pranks on real unsuspecting people, but all the pranks are kind of sweet hearted and they really make fun of themselves, not the people who are there, they're pranking. Um, I really liked it. I really had a good time The whole It's short. It's like 85 minutes, which I was like, bingo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I just like cranked through it and I had a good time and, and laughed the whole way and, I think I watched that movie, and I remember because I had to, or I was explaining to Jess, I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure that this stuff is done live, and these are actual reactions from people, because I know, yeah, because I think I've seen mm-hmm. Eric Andre's stuff in the past, and that's his style of... Uh, yeah, it's sort of um, like, what if Jackass had a storyline, but also starred Eric Andre, which, mm-hmm. I, you know what, I'm for all those things, basically. Yeah. So, all right, number eight was a movie called The Dig, which was also a Netflix release. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally directed by Simon Stone. Totally sweet. Carrie Mulligan and Ray Fiennes give, like, are like great in it. There is nothing worldly changing about this movie. It is a solid, interesting, based off historical events movie. Um, uh, and um, I really liked it. I had a really nice time when I watched it. I thought it was like it's sort of easy listening type of movie. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was so easy and smooth. I thought it deserved a spot on the list. Next. Number seven, Judas and the Black Messiah. I think I talked about this way early this year. It stuck around in my craw, made it into the top 10. Shaka King, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, um, mostly hit in this spot to me because of Daniel Kaluuya's incredible performance. Um, number six is Dune. So we've talked about mm-hmm. it. Denis Villeneuve. It's just so nice to see something different that has like a budget and a big fucking release and like deserves to be seen on the screen, the size of a planet. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a Zendaya super fan at this point. Nice. Number five was a movie, um, my five through one really came out the second half of the year. We're like second, last third, last quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, number five is a movie called Benedetta, uh, which is directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, it's a French movie. Or, he's not French, but you know, the whole movie is in French. It's about a, 
it's about a nun who, you know, has, uh, it's about a, sort of on the surface, it's about a les- lesbian nun, but it's all, who has visions of Christ. Um, but boy, is it a weird fucking movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, but in a really intriguing, interesting, and captivated way for me. Um, it's bizarre and crazy and completely perverted. And not really had a good time watching it. I liked it a lot. Uh, all right. Number four um, is The Last Duel, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Matt Damon, uh, Adam Driver, Jodie Cormer, and Ben Affleck. Nice. Um, loved it. It's like Rashomon, but like medieval knights and like sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Everybody is great. Ben Affleck is, is like the most gives the most electric performance I've seen in years from him. He's incredible. Ben's and having a good year. He's having a good year. Did you catch this one by any chance? I did not. No. Um. Yeah, I would recommend. I think it's great. Okay. Um. Number three is Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. Jane Campion, really good. Benedict is great. Sort of 180 me on Benedict Cumberbatch. I was mm-hmm. like, I was kind of medium on the guy. Yeah. This movie kind of did it. Okay. He really is good. And I forgot he was Benedict Cumberbatch while I was watching it, which I was like, that's big. Mm-hmm. If you can, if Benedict Cumberbatch can make me forget he's Benedict Cumberbatch, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, I like Sherlock a lot. Mm-hmm. I actually think Miss or Doctor Strange is ridiculous. I just... I don't like the character and I don't like him playing it. And mm. I would prefer if it didn't exist in the Marvel universe. Wow. Okay. I just think it's weird. I don't like, think I feel the same f- way, but I get it. Yeah. 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 The flying cape is just crazy. Yeah. Not <laughs> into think, it. I like that they settled him a little more into a character that's not trying to do a Robert Downey Jr. impression. Mm-hmm. So the whole first movie he's in, he kind of does the like, Tony Stark leader, quippy, annoying thing. Mm-hmm. And once they got him a little more serious and a little more like grown up, I think he's become a little bit better. But mm-hmm. I, I hear your issues. Um, all right, number two is the card counter. Ooh, cool. With Paul Schrader, Oscar Isaac, and for the second time on my list, Tiffany Haddish making yeah. an appearance. Really liked it. Um, weird fucking movie. Paul Schrader clearly hates America so fucking much. And it's, uh-huh. like, it's just, yeah, the movie is really interesting. And there's this like rawness to it that um, I find it, there's, a, there's a weird purposeful unpolishedness to it that I think is good. Um, yep. Card counter. Number one for me. Spencer. Loved it. Mm. Loved every second of it. This movie has been very divisive, I would say. I would say it's been divisive. People really hate it. People really like it. I'm on one extreme end of that. I loved it. I loved every Mm. second of it. I thought Kristen Stewart was unbefucking-leavable in this movie. I mean, really. The movie made me care about a subject I have never given a shit about in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it turned these family members into like these horrendous monsters that made you just your skin crawl. It's a terrifying movie. I really, really liked it quite a bit. Uh, yeah, number one, number one movie of the year for me, Spencer. Nice. Um, yeah, and then I will give a another honorable mention to uh, a movie called Coda, which was like an Apple uh, movie released mm-hmm. this year, which was very sweet family drama about a girl with deaf parents mm-hmm. who wants to sing. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Let's see how we're doing on time. Well, we're doing okay. Should we talk? Let me talk about Spider-Man real quick. Yeah. I guess. And then should we do some shout outs? Sure. Okay. Spider-Man. I just saw the latest Spider-Man. What was it called? I don't remember. Homecoming? (laughs) No Way way Home. home? It's called Spider-Man No Way Home. Tom Holland, Zendaya. Mm-hmm. Um, really good. Yeah. Okay. Good movie. Great. I had a great time. I don't want to spoil it. It's like his every, it is very nakedly like, we're going to hit every nostalgia bell you got. Mm-hmm. And every, like, we're just trying to ring the bells of your pleasure centers and that's all we care about. And like, you're gonna love it. Trust us. And it does that like very effectively, basically. Yeah. Was it just a meme or was, is Tobey Maguire actually, does he show up in this movie? I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> okay. Got it. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. I mean, really, like I went in very blind. I hadn't watched a lot. I think maybe I watched a trailer, like the first trailer that came out. But like other mm-hmm. than that, I hadn't seen shit. Right. And every time I was surprised and what came around the corner, I was like happy about it. You know, I was like, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> like, yeah, this, look, this is a good addition to the mix here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, you know, I had a, I had a great time watching it. Um, I went to a theater. I was a little COVID nervous, but everybody was like pretty chill and masking it up and like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. And the crowd was like, it was great to watch for the crowd. I'll be honest. It was great yeah. That seems like a, the there was cheering. That seems like the right they like clapped like six times when I was in the movie theater. They were like cheering. Mm-hmm. So felt like going back to the movies in a real way. Mm-hmm. And um, shows. I mean, the fucking thing made two hundred and thirty-eight million dollars this weekend. Wow, That's crazy! Huge. Fucking crazy. Um. So, yeah, happy for that, I guess. Good. I'm All looking right. forward to that. Yeah. I saw a funny meme where it was like a four-second TikTok thing that showed up on Instagram. The guy, is he walks up to the counter at a movie theater. He goes, two tickets, please. And then the guy goes, for what movie? And then they pan to the guy, and he looks at the camera, and he's wearing a Spider-Man mask. that's cute yeah that's funny um do you want to do some shout outs should we get year-end shout outs sure i i have a quick one yeah um along the lines of spades and the card counter i 
uh, have been go I've been going down a rabbit hole on YouTube of a some would call it an art form. It's called cardistry. Yeah, it's a form of really advanced card shuffling. It's like a mix between Whoa. like like it's tricking. Like, yeah, it's not. It's like it's a mix between like magician stuff. Not like it's like it's not necessarily sleight of hand tricks, mm -hmm. but more um, like visually interesting card manipulation. Okay. So I've been going down a rabbit hole and. I've been trying to practice all these different moves, and it's one of the few. It's one of the things that I've tried, or it's one of the few things that I've tried in a long time that I am absolutely terrible at. Right, but it's fun to practice. So I'm hoping Maybe you'll get fucking good at it. You know, that's that's my goal. Is that the next time I like am in a situation where I'm playing cards with somebody, I want my card shuffling skills to be so good that they think I'm cheating. The problem with this cardistry is like it's not a very good party trick because you have to have a deck of cards. I mean, I guess people have decks of cards in their house, mm -hmm. but you either have to be like, you either have to bring a deck of cards to a party, lame, or lame. you have to be like, bring it, break out the deck of cards, everybody, because we're about to <laughs> do some cardistry. Mm hmm. And like you're, you got to rep it. You can't. It's never a situation where it's just like they're just lying around at a party. You're like, oh, you guys want to see how I'm cool? Like this is very organic and cool situation where I could just do some card tricks here, you know. Whereas, like, if you have a different skill that's more party oriented, mm -hmm. like if you can like put a bunch of popcorn up your nose or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could do. Feasibly both of those at the same time. Nose Maybe. popcorn and card tricks. But yeah, that'd be big. I think yeah. Huge, it's, actually. I often find myself in a whatever. A, a, not necessarily a party, but just like a hangout or something that turns into board games. And right. yep. shuffling cards all the time. Shuffling cards. You just don't want to you risk turning into like this card shuffling kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, like in a teen movie, there's like a kid with cards. You know what I mean? Like he's in, you know, yeah, kid with cards. Don't turn into that guy. I think, right? But other than that, go for it. I guess I'm into magic. I'd like. I did tweet something about this the other day where I was like, it's weird how, as a species, we all kind of think close up magic is like sort of amazing. But none, one of us will fucking admit that, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. It's like kind of incredible, but I will never admit that publicly. <laughs> right, right. You know, so no, go go. Cardistry sounds cool. Shout out to Cardistry. Um, I have a, a shout out. I may this may be a repeat, but it's really uh, on my mind. Mm -hmm. I want to give a big shout out to. Do you know what a Christmas mince is? Hmm. No. So it is a little tart, I would say. Okay. Uh, filled with a very specific filling that has, like, dried fruit. And it's, like, thick, jammy, dried fruit and anise and cinnamon and nutmeg and different spices in this, like, mm -hmm. thing. And you put it in a little tart and you bake it. 
And it's like a very common treat in the UK and UK derivative countries, including mm-hmm. New Zealand. Hmm. And I'm a convert. I'm fucking into them and I like them a lot. Is this the type of thing that was originally served as a dessert? Or is it one of those like you can pop these anytime during the day and it's not unusual? If it's the holidays, it's like pop. To me, it's like what it pop, pop them, yeah. you know? Just pop. <laughs> Just pop them. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't eat it for breakfast. Too sweet for a breakfast? Too sweet for a breakfast, but like a mid-morning Christmas Day treat? Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. Or like Got an it. after lunch aperitif mm. or something? For sure. Mm-hmm. With a little espresso? And yeah, a Christmas mint? Yeah, sure. Or a tea, maybe. Mm. More of a tea tea time kind of, oh, maybe a tea time kind of thing. I see. Uh, and a lot of times when they refer to minced meat, they mean this fruit shit. Hmm. Yeah, weird. It is weird. I don't know what the deal is. If I had to construct a story about it in my mind, it would be that Mince meat pies are a thing. Like you can get mince mince pies. They're called with like um, cheese and mince and cheese. Mm-hmm. They're these little pies. I've talked about them before on the pod. I would imagine it's sort of a war ration type situation. They had to switch over to fruit at some point. Mm-hmm. They kept calling it mince meat. Got it. Um, Does it still use a pie style crust? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I Some understand. are a little more shortbready. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like a more flaky crumbly. pie crust. It's more crumble crust. Mm. More of a tart crust kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I but, see. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm only shouting out to them because you cannot fucking get them in America fucking anywhere. Hmm. And um, I told my wife, who's in New Zealand right now, to like pick, just pick up a bunch of boxes for when I get yeah. back after Christmas because they won't be. They're not around. It's like a seasonal item. So. Mm-hmm. Not going to be around. So shout out to the Christmas mints. I'm a convert. I love them. Very nice. Would you be so bold as to try to bake some yourself? Or would that be offensive? Seems complicated. Yeah. It's the filling that seems complicated. I don't know what the filling is all about. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's ones you can get. The ones I like the sort of sugary supermarket ones. And then you, there's like real specialty. Like you can go to a bakery and get Christmas mints at the holidays too. Those tend to f- taste a lot boozier. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like some people's bag, but not necessarily my bag all the time. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. Into them. Um, anyway, my man, I think that's it for the year. So we're going to, oh, we need to talk about what we're watching for the in-betweener. So you have a decision to make, Daryl. All right. What are we working with here? Okay. So we have a three-way tie right now for the in-betweener, which will be next. I think we're going to, we might break over the holiday, but we'll see. We'll try. We'll try to keep as regular as possible. But anyway. So, Cycle 22 in between her, we have a three-way tie between Girl Fight, the Michelle Rodriguez film from 2000, Annapolis, the Tyrese Gibson movie from 2006, 
or Babylon AD, the Vin Diesel movie from 2008? Hmm. So I've seen both Girl Fright and Annapolis. I have not seen Babylon AD. Well, could be the chance. Babylon AD? I think we're going Babylon AD. Babylon AD. Wow. Okay. Doing it. Doing it. Um, All right. That's what's going to be the next episode, whenever that is. Sometime in the new year. Sometime Mm -hmm. soon. But, yeah. Yeah. And anyway, if you want to, like, yell at us about our release schedule, you can do that at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast. You can do that at No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram. You can send us irate email about it. No one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com. You can uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcast. You can give us a one star review about our release and talk about and complain about our release schedule on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Do it up there. Uh, Patreon.com. If you want to throw us a buck and give us a, I promise you all respond to that one. Uh, tell us how shitty we are and how terrible our podcast is and how awful your year has been listening to it. Um, please do that. Patreon.com slash no one likes the tune of podcast. Daryl, my friend, I hope you have a just fantastic holiday season. Thank you, Nick. Thank you to all the listeners. It's been a great year. Good cycle, honestly. And it's been fun putting this together, getting to chat with you every week. So... We'll keep this going. I'll see you in the next one. Take care, my man.